Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redemption Church. The following sermon is by our friend, Ramon Johnson. All right, so like I said, we have a treat tonight. We're going to get to hear from our good friend, Ramon. We have known each other for at least a decade now. Um, Our friend, Kyle Ferris, who a lot of you know, introduced us once upon a time. Ramon served as the youth pastor at Bristol Hope here, um, so we got to be partners in ministry through that. More recently, he graduated, did you finish your master's in counseling? From Cairn University and was using the mill for uh, um, his coaching and counseling practice. And um, Ramon and his wife, Christy, here live on Washington Street in Bristol. So after you hear him speak tonight, you'll probably see these guys. You'll probably run into them around town and be like, oh, hey, I know you guys. So just um, good friends, the Lord continues to have our paths cross in all ways we probably never expect, but every year or two, something comes that, that, that brings us together. So we are grateful for that. So yeah, um, every now and then we like to have speakers come in to teach us from new perspectives so we don't get stale and just hearing our own voice over and over again. And so we get to hear from God in new ways. So we're excited and I'll shut up now. Because it's not my job to talk tonight. That's... Yeah, so welcome. Come on. Thank you, thank you for that warm welcome. It's such an honor to be here today. Um, thank you, Pastor Gary, for inviting me um, to speak. Uh, I don't speak often, um, but I do know that I'm called by God to Uh, preach the gospel. And so um, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. You've been a blessing to me ever since I've met you. So I just thank God for you. So thank you for having me. Um, I honor everyone in their respectful places. Um, I honor God most of all. Amen. He's awesome. He's worthy of the praise, honor, and glory. Um, He's Lord over my life, and I'm just grateful that uh, he saw fit to save someone like me. Um, I wasn't the worst person in the world, but I was a sinner and um, and still is. But I just know that, you know, he took time and revealed his love to me. And that's why I was able to, you know, accept Christ as my savior. Um, Thank God for my wife my aunt and my mom who came out to support me today. And um, many of you I know, and then there's some of you I don't know, but I'm just grateful to be in the house of God and to be amongst other believers. So um, I would like to speak about a subject matter that we as humans constantly long to have. Um, In fact, we would do just about anything to get it. Some try to find it in a drink, a substance, a job, a promotion, or whatever it is, um, or whatever else that can help them achieve this thing. This subject I'm talking about today is called happiness. This week, many of us, uh, we will be preparing to celebrate Thanksgiving, and we all are hoping to experience happiness, Um, and we might be looking for this happiness through eating a good meal or spending quality time with our friends or with our family. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to be happy. And most of all, I want the Lord to be happy with me. So there are those who believe that happiness is something that can't really be achieved by Christians. And there are some that believe we are supposed to be sad and, and gloomy and constantly suffering for Christ's sake. But I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it is OK to enjoy life. Oh, I don't hear nobody talk. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. It is okay to enjoy life. Amen, amen. And yes, we will suffer for Christ's sake, but that is not the full gospel. Um, for it says in Isaiah 52, chapter uh, 52, verse 7, that the Messiah's redemptive work is called the gospel also mentioned as the good news of happiness. So in other words, this good news is supposed to make me happy when I receive it. And, you know, when I'm talking about happiness, I'm talking about, you know, the joy of the Lord, um, because I don't know if you all know this, but when we're going through different trials and tribulations, we can be sad, but yet still experience joy. And joy is an internal and that, you know, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, we're all able to still experience the joy of the Lord that sustains you and it keeps you. Um, I remember receiving Christ as my savior. Um, it was the best thing in the world. You couldn't give me. I mean, if you gave me a million dollars, it couldn't match that type of happiness that I had. You know, and, and when I experienced it and even experiencing, you know, the presence of God, I, I used to think like there's nothing like this. There's nothing that can compare to this. And um, it was a beautiful thing. So happiness comes from just receiving Christ. And no matter, you know, what comes, like I said, no matter what comes or goals, we know we know that we have um, we'll be spending eternity with the Lord. And that that's enough to make you happy. So look at your neighbor again and say, I want to be happy. The problem is some people have some people want happiness and they'll do whatever it takes to get it. And if that means spending, you know, we're going into the holidays, we're going into Christmas time. Um, if that means spending all your money to have the latest or work long hours, sacrificing quality time with family to make sure that your children have the latest to or, you know, just so that you can obtain this happiness. Uh, that's sometimes what we'll do just so we can be happy or just so that our children can be happy. And, um, you know, even in, in this season, uh, we'll just do whatever it takes to get that happiness. So when preparing for one of my groups, I printed out, you know, I'm a therapist and I work at uh, Laura Bucks Hospital and I had to I had to prepare um, a group and that group was going to be on happiness. So I went on therapistaid.com um, and I was able to uh, find some literature about ways to build happiness. And this handout was really interesting and very insightful, but I said to myself, you know, this is what, you know, uh, studies prove or show that can make these are things I can do to be happy or maintain my happiness. But I really want to know what does the Lord have to say uh, 
about happiness and what I need to do to obtain it. So I looked in, uh, I looked on BibleGateway.com and found a nice definition. And it, and it said, it says, a state of pleasure or joy experienced both by people and by God, but subject to change according to circumstance. True happiness derives from a secure and settled knowledge of God and rejoicing in his works and covenant faithfulness. So when I began to study the word happiness, I found in many Bible translations, uh, there's actually more than 100 verses in scripture and various Bible translations that actually uses happiness and joy interchangeably or even in the same passage. For instance, in the NIV Bible, in the book of Esther, chapter eight, verse 16, it reads for the Jews. It was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. Also in Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will find me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Then in Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, verse 3, it says, I will turn their mourning into joy. In Psalm 95, 1 through 2, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, so really... Uh, joy and happiness comes from the presence of God, first off. And uh, when Pastor Gary lit the candle and said that the presence of God is always with us, that, that was confirmation to what God was showing me. And so before I get into any of the literature that, that um, I studied about that, that is you know, proven to help you cultivate your happiness, um, I think we need the presence of God more than anything else. Um, to experience happiness or to experience that joy that continues, that keeps going. And we know, you know, when you confess Christ and, you know, allow him to be Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is present. It lives inside of us. But oftentimes we're not aware of his presence or we're, we, we don't really pay attention that he's always there. He's always present. But um, I know for me, sometimes I have to worship the Lord and be reminded that he's there. And that he will never leave me and never forsake me. When I go to his word, it reminds me that he's there. And, and we have to, uh, you know, be mindful of that. Um, there's times where I feel sad. I feel depressed. I feel like I don't want to keep moving. But when I begin to lift up the name of the Lord and tell him how good he is and, and praise his name, I can feel his presence, which lets me know that I got you, son. I got you. So uh, a couple years ago, uh, after completing my master's degree, um, after graduating and starting a new job, and I saw what they were paying me, and I said, I did seven years of schooling, <laughs> and this is it? Then I got to pay the student loans back. So it's like, I begin to feel depressed. I felt defeated. A lot of people probably wouldn't have known because I know how to cover it up real good. Um, but I was, I was discouraged and I said, if this is what, uh, what we're here for, this is, I don't, I don't want to keep pressing on in life. It's, it doesn't make sense. And I remember talking to the Lord about it and I was mad at God. I was like, you know, you had me do all of this and this is what they're going to pay me. Like, 
It's mad. Uh, but I remember going to sleep and having a dream. And in that dream, um, I remember going to the barbershop to get a haircut in the dream. My uncle was a barber. And um, I remember witnessing to my uncle when I was a teenager and he gave his life to the Lord. Um, but in the dream, I went to, to him to get a haircut and it was a guy sitting in his chair as he was cutting him. And the guy said to my uncle, he said, if it wasn't for you telling me about the gospel, I wouldn't have known Christ. And then another man walked up and said to the guy that was in a chair, if it wasn't for you who told me about the gospel, I wouldn't have known Christ. And then another guy went up to him and said the same thing. And then my uncle looked at me and said, if you wouldn't have told me about the gospel, I wouldn't have known Christ. And none of these men wouldn't have known Christ. And the lady in the dream, it was a lady that came into the barbershop. I don't know who she was, but in the dream, she came to me. She said, um, you were made to reflect God's glory. And when I woke up from that dream, I cried in worship because the Lord showed me, he said, you weren't made to build your happiness on things that are happening. You know, like I, I have a joy for you that's beyond what you can see is beyond what you can obtain. He said, but I want you to reflect my glory. And I said, man, that's what makes me happy to know that I can say something to someone that can change their life. Amen. And that I'm able to witness the gospel to people and they can share the love of Christ with the next person. And that person shares it with the next person. And ultimately, that's what we're here for. We're not here, amen, to gather. And I mean, yes, it's good to get a degree. It's good to have a nice house. It's good to have all these nice things. But none of those things can sustain me. And that's what I was looking for. I spent seven years in school and I hate school. <laughs> and, and I persevered and I did all that. And I was expecting to experience a level of happiness. And when I got there, I said, this is not it. And the Lord said, because your focus was so much on obtaining this degree. But I really, remind want you to reflect my glory. So that thing right there, it, it, it got me through some hard times. And even now, I still feel like, God, I ain't getting paid enough. I'm not getting this enough. I'm not enjoying this. And the Lord said, are you reflecting my glory? And I say, Lord. I am. And that's what matters more than anything. So. Promotions, new relationships, drugs, material uh, things, money will give you only a temporary boost of happiness. Therefore, I need you to look at your neighbor again and tell them. Sustained happiness takes work. So looking, looking at it from a therapeutic standpoint, I will share six exercises that when practiced frequently can build genuine and lasting happiness. But with these psychological proven facts, I will provide you with God's perspective of how we can maintain the joy of the Lord and receive the benefits stemming from our obedience. So there are some blessings that are conditional and there are some blessings that are unconditional. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the first thing that was suggested in this article, it was it's five things I'm going to list and I'm going to be quick. The first thing is gratitude. So we write down a few things for which you are grateful every day. And, you know, don't worry if they seem simple or mundane. Just something down on paper. Writing gratitude will help you identify positive aspects of even the worst days. All right. 
So with Thanksgiving being on Thursday, um, you know, and that's that's a time to be grateful for all the Lord has done. Amen. Um, but, you know, just really talking to the Lord and telling him what you're grateful for. I think that's something that we all should do. And that can really help bring you out of um, some dark places. Um, when I think of someone with gratitude, I think of David. He gave thanks to God uh, for how he delivered him, how he protected him and provided for him. And that's what David did. He reflected on how good God was and he reflected on how God brought him out of some things. And I think that's what we need to do in order to be in, in order to maintain our happiness. Um, the second thing that they requested, I mean, that they suggested was acts of kindness. So make a conscious effort to do something nice for no reason other than to help. You might be surprised how a simple act of kindness can turn around the day for both you and the kindness recipient. All right. So in this season, find ways to be a blessing to others. Let it not stop in this season, but let's continue it on the regular. So when a believer and what I notice is, you know, people are nice all the time. I mean, people are nice during, you know, this season and, uh, you know, and it's cute and all. But. As a believer, when we do an act of kindness, it is sowing seeds. Therefore, a harvest will follow. For it says in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, let us not lose heart in well-doing for in due season, we will reap if we do not faint, if we do not get weary. Amen. So it also says in Hebrews six ten, for God is not unjust. So as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name and having ministered and still ministering to the saints. So, you know, doing for others and not expect anything back in return, you know, and it feels so good when you can do so. But I, I, I challenge everyone. Don't just do it during the season. Let's just keep doing it. Let's keep letting our light shine. Let's keep on uh, 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 showing the love of God because that's what's going to compel them to, to know Christ. So the third thing they suggested was exercise. The positive effects of exercise are astounding. Physically active people have increased energy, superior immune systems, and a frequent sense of accomplishment. Exercise can reduce insomnia, stimulate brain growth, and even act as an antidepressant. So saints, sometimes we, we kind of destroy our bodies by what we put in it, by lack of exercising, and, um, and it, it's not helping us. And I know Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday, and we all going to just eat whatever we want to eat. <laughs> but, um, you know, just keep in mind that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in our temples and we want to be mindful and careful about what we're putting into our temples and, you know, what we're doing to our temple. So in uh, uh, first Timothy chapter four, verse eight, it says physical exercise has some value. Pause. I, I mean, I want to take a pause right here. He didn't say exercise has no value. But spiritual exercise is viable in every way because it promises life both for the present and for the future. Amen. So spiritual exercise is more important than anything else. And let me ask you a question. What is your spiritual exercise? Anybody can answer. What is your spiritual exercise? 
What do you do to, to exercise your spirit man? Prayer. Prayer walks. Okay. Yes. Right? Prayer, reading our word, meditating on the word, you know, sharing the love of Christ with others, you know, serving in the house of God, serving the Lord at, you know, with however he leads you to serve. Those are ways we can exercise fasting, praying. Those things can help us exercise our spiritual, our spirit man. Uh, six things. So the fifth thing was positive journaling. Take some time to write about positive events in your life. Write about a fun day spent with friends, a good movie or an activity you enjoy. Positive journaling will get you into the habit of focusing on the positive. There are numerous times in the word that, that the Lord had the people of God record the things he has done. Sometimes we have to recall the goodness of the Lord. Just like David, before he defeated Goliath, he reminded his brothers of what the power of the Lord did through him. So that's something that we can do. We can reflect on God's goodness. And sometimes we, we get amnesia. We forget about how God brought us out of so many other things before. And um, I think sometimes when, even when I get like that, I say, Lord, let me, let me go to the word of God so I can see how the Lord delivered you know, how he made ways for others. That's why it's so important. You know, a lot of churches took this is not really doing it today, but testimony service, like just hearing the testimony of the saints and hearing what the Lord has done for them. It really helps us get back to uh, reflecting on his goodness and reminding of ourselves of what God can do even today. So the last exercise suggested to build genuine, lasting happiness is fostering relationships. Strong social connections are thought to be one of the most powerful influences on our mood. Those who are dedicated to spending time with friends and family show the highest level of happiness. So let me reiterate, the studies show that this is the highest level of happiness, but we know who brings the highest level of happiness, and that is Jesus. Amen? So uh, when some of you get down and stressed out or depressed, um, some of you might isolate. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about getting alone, um, alone time so that you can sort out some of your thoughts and emotions. But I'm talking about that unhealthy isolation and how, you know, I'm just curious to know, how does that help you? How does that help you? The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25 through 30, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So connecting with your brothers and sisters in Christ and spending time with people can help bring you out of that funk. But the, but the enemy will work on our minds and make us feel like, you know, I don't want to go around anyone. I want to be by myself. I want to have a pity party. And that makes you worse. So I encourage you, find someone that you enjoy being with and connecting with them. Um, or, you know, calling another brother and sister in Christ and praying with them. Reading the word with him helps. So in my finish, Jesus was a great example of one who built genuine and lasting happiness. He has the joy of the father and pours it out upon us. 
Jesus showed gratitude. You know, I listed six. I think I listed six, right? Jesus showed gratitude towards the Father by praying and giving thanks regularly. He did the biggest act of kindness on the cross. He was spiritually and physically fit. He meditated on the word of God. And I left, I didn't get to the meditation, but it, it talks about um, meditation is another thing that can maintain your, uh, your happiness. And meditating, um, I always like to suggest meditating on the word of God because that's where your life changes. That's where you grow uh, by meditating on the word of God. So Jesus did that. He meditated on the word of God. Um, he is the word and is the positive journaling that we can reflect on. And because of Christ's sacrifice for all humankind, we can effectively foster a relationship with the father as well as with others. And so my question I leave with you today is, how are you maintaining your happiness? And is the way in which you're defining it satisfying to the Lord? God bless you. And I encourage you to maintain the joy of the Lord by being in the presence of the Lord and applying all of these uh, methods. Amen. To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.